Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, code DNVR at sign up is going to get you a special offer where a simple $5 bet can turn into $150 in free bets if you can pick any winner of an NBA playoff game this postseason. That's right. Just pick the winner, favorite or otherwise. For $5 bet, you're going to win $150 in free bets from DraftKings Sportsbook when you use code DNVR. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on the show, we've got a whole conversation that we recorded on YouTube, DNVR Sports Channel. Make sure you are following that. Thank you for everyone that allowed us to hit 20,000 followers and subscribers to that that was absolutely amazing we have a super fun conversation all about the city connect jerseys got some news on the rockies city connect jerseys as well as another of their uniforms that is typically quote unquote in their wardrobe some general news and notes as well as another fun segment where susie has a little bit of gossip of what's going in and around the game of baseball, but first, let's get to the game on Monday night. Rockies do lose eight to five, dropping to sixteen and three, whereas the Giants go up to seventeen and twelve. Both teams came into this game at sixteen and twelve, and Giants continue to play well. I believe they're up to eight consecutive wins against the Colorado Rockies. They absolutely owned them last year. 15 and 4, I believe, was their record head to head. And it picks up where it left off in 2021. Although we've got a new guy in the fray, and that's Mr. Carlos Rodon, who is the best left hander in baseball right now. Bottom line, it's pretty crazy to think that at the beginning of last year, he was a guy that just kind of stuck around the White Sox. I'm pretty sure he was designated for assignment. They they didn't pick up his his option for his sixth and final year of club control. Goes out, has an incredible season, and the White Sox don't even bother to put a qualifying offer on him. Goes and signs a nice little short pillow deal with the Giants, and that looks to be a stroke of genius there. He goes six innings and strikes out 12. Does get does give up two earned runs, uh, tip of the cap to the Rockies there who are able to score two in the fifth with really the bottom of their order, leadoff single from Brendan Rodgers. McMahon doesn't help out with a strikeout. It was his first of three on the night. He wasn't the only one who struck out three times. Garrett Hampson, CJ Crone, and Randall Grichuk also struck out three times. In fact, those final three guys I just mentioned struck out their first three at bat. So there was a chance we could have seen a golden sombrero. Grichuk and Chrome put the ball in play. Hampson actually doubled in a ninth inning that made things a little exciting, but really not. This was an eight to two ball game that maybe it was a six to two ball game because Giants did get two runs late in the eighth, but Rockies ended up getting some more I digress. Fifth inning, as I said, Rogers single, McMahon strikeout. Jose Iglesias singles, and we get a walk from Connor Joe, and a big two RBI single from Jonathan Daza, batting second in the lineup today in left field. Should he have been in center field instead of Hampson? There was a big play in the first inning. It was a leadoff triple from Austin Slater off of Austin Gomber, and that triple pretty much set the tone. You got a sack fly out of Mauricio Dubon and Giants took an early 1-0 lead. 
became a 3-0 lead with another Austin Slater base hit, who has very good numbers against Austin Gomber. That trend continues, and Mauricio Dubon ended up hitting it just a little bit further than that original sacrifice fly in the first 405-foot blast to put up the Giants. 3 nothing, but it was all about Radon, as I said, with the 12 Ks. That's the most that we've seen against the Rockies since, well, I believe it was April of last year. If you might recall, there was a seven-inning doubleheader against the Mets, and Jacob deGrom was absolutely dealing in that game. That was the one where Ryan Altapia, yes, Ryan Altapia hit a home run off of Jacob deGrom, but that was the last time we saw 12 strikeouts. The last time we saw 12 strikeouts on the road, was Walker Bueller in 2019. So Rockies really owned here. They struck out a total of 16 times in total as the two lefties, Jose Alvarado, excuse me, Jose Alvarez and Jake McGee ends up striking out two apiece. So you got two innings out of their left-handers and they only have Jarlin Garcia left. So we'll keep an eye on that story. Rockies could still take the final two games, especially if it comes down to the bullpen. Uh, and those big left-handed bats are out there. Charlie Blackman did not play. He was not in the starting lineup. It was the the usual guys other than that. You did have, as I said, Hampson in center field. Joe was DH, and Daza was over in left. Grichuk back in the lineup. Connor Joe, good day at the plate. Three for four. Did have a walk, so reach base four times. Could not get past second base. As I said, you had Grichuk and Crone both striking out three times and then not hitting a ball out of the infield in their final at-bat. Daza struck out, hit into a double play, did have the two-run RBI single over the course of his five plate appearances. Diaz, pretty good play at the uh, day at the plate, did walk to lead off the second, but that was wiped away with a Brendan Rodgers ground into double play. Diaz would later Start off the ninth with uh, an interesting little rally that I want to touch on. Rockies were able to string together three doubles and squeeze out three runs with two outs in that inning. Um, as I said, Diaz led off with a double. Then you had two consecutive outs from Rogers and McMahon. McMahon was betting seven tonight behind Rogers. You like that because, of course, Rogers has been hitting the ball a lot better. He does get a, a hit on the night, and McMahon. Well, there's a very, very good left-hander starting the game. And, you know, if you started the, if McMahon started the game on the bench, you sort of would have understood it to a degree. But the fact that he stayed in there obviously shows the confidence of manager Bud Black. And, and it did pay off in the first inning because he did single his first time facing Rodon. Jose Iglesias played really well. Again, three hits on the day for the Rockies number eight hitter who entered the day batting 308 and we talk about reverse splits when it comes to the Rockies but Jose Iglesias at this point has the most reversed split because it is it is the anti-cores hangover it, he he has he's he's got sobriety I don't I don't even know what you would call it because going into this game he was batting I believe 188 at home in Colorado not great, but small sample size. On the road, he's batting 444. That's right. 20 hits after Monday night in 45 at bats. Unbelievable how he was and how he has been able to do it. As I said, three for four, two runs scored, one RBI strikeout, 
one time. Austin Gomber's day, you know, did give up the home run to Dubon, ended up getting giving up five earned runs in in total. Uh, much of that coming in the sixth, just couldn't do it the third time through the order. Uh, was taken advantage of because of that. Robert Stevenson, not any better. All of those inherited runners did score, so he gets his two outs uh, and has only one earned run put on his ledger. Ashton Godot mops up the final two frames. Giants get back two more. That doesn't happen. You got a 6-5 game there in the ninth, and it's a lot more intriguing. But in his two innings, gives up four hits, walks two, does not strike out a batter. And that's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, in general, we're going to talk a lot more about this game on Tuesday's show. At noon, we're going to be live from both Colorado and San Francisco, as I'm covering the series out here, make sure you're following us on Twitter, social media, Instagram. We've got all kinds of fun videos coming out. Again, following us on Twitter is going to be at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. And as I said, we'll, we'll talk with Susie Hunter on Tuesday. Break things down a little bit more. Some other interesting wrinkles out here with the Rockies in San Francisco. It is you know wasn't wasn't their best play they are still 6 and 4 over their last 10 but the road play seems to be an issue after the game Connor Joe said you know we're not really hanging our heads as bad as we were last year it doesn't seem to be as big of an issue last year let's face it the rockies have faced really tough pitching it's been really really difficult in this last week hats off to to Merrill Kelly Zach Davies the other Zach, Zach Allen, uh, the best of the Zachs, tied with Zach Wheeler, of course. Um, uh, Zach Greinke, hey, we see you out there. I don't know if he's going to be facing the Rockies this weekend. I think he might. I think I, I don't think the Rockies are going to face him. I don't know. There's a 60% chance because that's how math works. Uh, haven't looked that far ahead just yet, but, man, Rockies have just been up against it when it comes to this really good pitching. We know there's going to be those natural struggles on the road. Doesn't really help when you are going against some of the better pitchers in the National League, and that's what it's been so far. On Tuesday, though, it'll be it's going to be Alex Wood followed by Alex Cobb. Rockies will have Antonio Senzatella on the hump on Tuesday, a guy who's pretty good at, at busting those losing streaks, and then Chad Cool on Wednesday for the day game, where it really could be interesting with the wind. Talked a lot about the wind today with Sam Hilliard and Jonathan Daza, and Bud Black was even talking about it before the game. That's just kind of the way things go in San Francisco. And, you know, didn't see that too much of that on Monday night, thankfully. The, the outfield played relatively true the seagulls did not descend too much and terrorize the players or the people sitting out there in the bleachers but we'll get to all of that and more on tuesday's show really want to get to this conversation uh fun conversation with at the Susie hunter on twitter where we go through the city connect some fun topics in san francisco where to go where to hang out what to get to eat if you are traveling there uh, and as I said, our favorite and least favorite City Connect jerseys. There's some news when it comes to the Rockies and the City Connect jerseys. It is right around the corner. All of those specifics and more right here, right now 
in our live show over on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube. Here it is. We are your hosts of the DNVR Rockies podcast, Patrick Lyons. And I am Susie Hunter. Patrick, your name this week is Patty by the Bay. I am. Here I am. And I'm in Brisbane, California. I'm just outside of, of downtown. It's a little quieter, a little bit more scenic, although I, I enjoy the views in the city. But it's been fantastic. Yep, as you said, I am here in San Francisco covering the Rockies series and super excited for the Rockies to maybe win two out of three. We'll see. That's a lot to ask for, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We'll kind of break that down a little bit, see what's going on in San Francisco with the Giants, with the city. We're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite city. has got on the right jerseys and uniforms as well. And, of course, as we do always in our third segment, we're going to have a little bit of fun. But let's start with the Giants series. They, you know, they just uh, snapped a five-game losing streak. And they won the last two against the St. Louis Cardinals. They celebrated Buster Posey there on Saturday. And we've got, you know, a pretty good matchup. The, the first game on Monday, Carlos Rodon, he's the best left-hander in all of baseball. That will be the hardest one. But maybe you steal two out of the three. I think you'd be happy at this point with one going into a 10-day homestand. Nine games at homes at home after this. So even... You know, you go two and four out on the road, you know you can more than make up for that with Kansas City and the Mets coming up at home over the course of the next week and a half. Yeah, although I'm a little concerned about the Mets. I really don't know what to make of them. I was excited about them before the season, and then the Mets were Metsing, and now I'm kind of afraid that the Mets are sometimes good. So I'm concerned about the Mets, not as concerned about Kansas City. Um, but yeah, excited to have the Rockies back at home soon because I'm not sure I'm very hopeful about this road trip in particular. Yeah, they are playing the Giants probably at, at a bad time. The, the five-game losing streak made you think, okay, they're getting them at a good time. Uh, but I, I think as we kind of touched on last week, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. Brandon Belt just came back from the COVID IL. Tommy LaStella and Evan Longoria are currently on rehab assignments with their AAA affiliate in Sacramento. So those guys could come back as well. So considering that the Giants are where they're at in the standings above 500, as everyone is in the NOS these days, they are getting stronger and, and should play even better than they have been. They're only becoming more powerful. But yeah, it's still so crazy to me that every single team in the NL West is above 500. Who would have thought the wild, wild West? Yeah, I, I don't know if the first week of the season getting wiped away altered the schedule. So I don't know if the D-backs have played a lot of games in the NL West because that was the idea, right? All the teams are going to beat up on the D-backs a little bit. Certain fan bases probably thought you're going to beat up on the Rockies a little bit. Uh, and, and neither of those things have really, you know, been the case. And, and for the Rockies, they've only had a series against the Dodgers and a series against the Diamondbacks. That's it. It seems like they're not going to play the Padres until July, August. Like when, when are, are, are they still in the same division as the Padres? When are those games happening? Allegedly, but also remember, um, the Diamondbacks won a series against the Dodgers too. So, you know, we've gotten some, the Dodgers are messing a little bit. No, they're not. But it's just funny that the two, you know, butts of the joke in the NL West did well against the Dodgers. So that also helps with that everyone above 500. 
Yeah, you probably would like to see Kyle Freeland pitch a game in San Francisco, but it's going to be Senzatella and Chad Cool against Alex Wood and Alex Cobb, respectively, on Tuesday and Wednesday night. So, you know, the, the pitching matchups, I think, line up fairly well for the Rockies here. It's it's so strange to think of Herman Marquez as the guy that, hey, it's an important series. He's he's not in it. That's That's a good thing. Strange. It's strange after yesterday's start. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we were talking about this, you know, on the podcast um, after that game, but um, yeah, it's he didn't even do that bad. It's just, you know, he had no offense to back him up. Uh, but I feel like he is still figuring out whatever it is that he needs to figure out. So I'm glad that he can rest up in San Francisco. Encouraging. Spencer on the show yesterday used the word encouraging right at the exact same moment that Bud Black said, encouraging in his office down at Chase Field. So it was interesting. Those guys, Spencer Smith and, and Brendan Vogt did a great job, as did you. Great job. Oh, thank uh, you. Do, doing it, getting the whole thing together, corralling the animals into the pen, as it were. You did a great job. Just try to keep the wheels on the wagon, you know, just trying to, uh, yeah, but it was fun. I had such a great time. Um, so, but it's, it's nice to be back with you today. Yeah. A couple things about the giants, you know, here's, here's what we know about them. They don't give up home runs lowest in MLB by, uh, actually they might even be second. Now the Dodgers, I think just went past them, but basically they give up on average of two homers every three games. So less than one per game. Homers are going to be a commodity. We've we've heard CJ Crone go out and talk about how the balls are a little bit deader, but to a guy who hits 450 foot shots, that doesn't really impact CJ Crone at all. So, well, it'll be interesting to see if he's a guy that that gets it done in series uh, over the next three days. Oh, you! I think you were lagging a little bit. You got to check that hotel Wi-Fi, Patrick. Um, I think it is encouraging that the uh, Giants bullpen. Might be a little tired. They have the most inning pitch, most, most innings pitched behind Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. So that bullpen has put in a lot of work. Yeah, and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, we know, not very good. And Tampa Bay, well, they are an outlier, and they've got all kinds of weird, strange ways of going about their business. Nearly threw a no-hitter with all relievers you know, earlier this year. So them using up a lot of innings is is little bit different. So you're right. The, the Giants bullpen is a little bit taxed. You're going to have to get get into that maybe to make up make some difference. Uh, that's what happened in Arizona. Like it wasn't until the starters were out where you go, OK, now let's see what the Rockies are going to be able to do. So it could be very similar here in San Francisco. Yeah, that battle of the bullpen tweet uh, we put out did not age well, did it? <laughs> no, did not. No. Did not. Should have saved it for Saturday. We should have saved it for Saturday. And then we would have looked really good. And then we would have looked fantastic. Uh, but instead, we chose to look terrible. We did. You know, PHNX, they they need that a lot more, I think, than, than we do over here at, at DNVR Rockies. Um, man, talk about not looking good. Uh, Rockies didn't look very good against the Giants last season. Giants owned them 15-4. and four against Colorado. Uh, they've won the last seven that they've played. So, you know, new team though, new roster. We'll, we'll see what happens, but they've, they've, they've got some momentum here going into this series in more ways than one. Yeah. And you mentioned they are about to get better. Belt just came off the COVID IL. 
Um, and Lestella and Longoria are on rehab assignments. So, I mean, we're going to see a lot of this. I feel like we're going to see a lot of the same from the Giants this season, um, you know, compared to last season. They had a great, they had a great year, great 2021. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, a couple, there were uh, some interesting notes in the Giants uh, pregame game notes. So some teams will actually send you like the day before a series starts, like, Hey, just so you can get a feel of everything. So it's not, you know, two hours before the game. And then we drop a whole bunch of notes on you. So I was looking through the giants notes. They were very thorough and saw the Rockies mentioned a couple times. And the one I'll save one for last because I think it's the most interesting, but last time a player had homered from both sides of the plate, Pablo Sandoval in 2012 Kung Fu Panda, you remember those days was he, uh, he man he was a character before before we embraced our characters as much as we do now I think in the game Oh my gosh yeah definitely such a personality such a character um that is fascinating uh I'm glad you're on the top of the notes Patrick Trying to I, this one I didn't like and I think a lot of Rockies fans will remember because last year it it just will will stick with us I think it was a five hit game the last one the Giants have ever had was last year, or actually it was two years ago during the pandemic, September 1st, Alex Dickerson. And it came off the heels, I think, of a bunch of amazing Will Myers performances. And it just felt like there's always that one guy that ends up destroying. I think he did that throughout the entire series, but Alex Dickerson was lights out in that game. And baseball had just come back. It was still in the middle of the pandemic in uh, in so many ways. And so that Alex Dickerson five-hit game, uh, that was... Uh, that was a disappointing one, but the cool one, and and I and I know you you like this fact a lot, was the last time that the Rockies, or rather the Giants, were shut out in back-to-back complete games, or not shut out, just had complete game wins against them. You have a Hall of Famer, and you've got a Colorado Rocky that you may have forgot had a complete game win against the Giants. Oh my gosh, who? <laughs> so Clayton Kershaw uh, had. Had a complete game win. I think that was in Los Angeles. This goes back to uh, September 2nd, 2015. And the next day in Colorado, Chris Russin got the job done for the Rockies. This is fascinating. That is hysterical. That's wild. Yes. And and you know that that can't happen now in this series because it won't be as wild if it's if if you had end up seeing Gomber and Senzatella do or Senzatella and Cool, you'd be like, well, those guys are good pitchers, and their stuff plays on the road and, and does well. So it's it's not the same as Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, Clayton Kershaw and Chris Russell, who had a, did a very nice job with the Rockies. But I think we know those two left-handers are definitely worlds apart. Definitely very different guys for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and, and what's not worlds apart is the great fan experience you could have down on the corner of Colfax, New York at the DNVR bar where members of the DNVR.com now only 50 cents for your first month. If you want an annual membership, guess what? You get a free shirt at DNVRlocker.com. But if you are a member, you do get a member-sized beer or, again, as Johnny Depp refers to it, a mega pint. I love that. Member-sized beer is way better for our branding, but also a mega pint drives it home you're getting something extra, some more bang for your buck. You get extra raffle tickets at all the watch parties. And I think there's going to be a few more watch parties for the Avs here in the next couple weeks, maybe even the next month. So 
get in on that now save some tables for you all that good stuff at the dnvr bar make sure you're checking that out make sure that you head over to lightshade colorado's premier dispensary because they've got a great way to make sure you do get your rest myself traveling on the road sometimes it can be hard you're uncomfortable you're in a different place or maybe look it's just hard to get yourself into a rhythm wana optimal's fast asleep gummies is going to help you get into that rhythm and feel more rested and refreshed in the morning it's not an over the counter drug that's going to knock you out and leave you in a fog when you wake up nobody wants that we're talking about a carefully calibrated formula that contains 10 mg of cbd and just a hint of thc it's going to have your eyelids feeling heavy just 5 to 15 minutes it's proven to work and in 0 minutes you can order your one optimal's fast asleep gummies at lightshade.com and you're going to get 25% off when you use code DNVR use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 11 Denver metro area locations and as we talked about the avalanche look we want to see you down at the corner of Colfax New York at the DNVR bar but that's not always feasible you also might not be in the Denver area but you can still watch the avalanche with Evoca TV. That's right. It's blacked out just about everywhere else, but Evoca TV is the solution for you. Head over to evoca.tv slash DNVR, and you don't have to worry about any contracts or hidden fees. It's literally just $25 a month plus the price of the receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years, so you don't have to worry again about missing out on the abs or the nuggets. When they come back, yes, you also get nuggets. Nugs, abs, rapids, mammoth, CSU, Rams, Denver Pioneers, and you also get the Colorado Rockies. So here we're talking about Nugget season ended. Congratulations to Nikola Jokic, back-to-back MVP awards. We're talking about the Avs still have a couple weeks, maybe a month left. Then what? Well, then you've got the Colorado Rockies each and every night on Evaca TV. It's evaca.tv slash DNVR. Also make sure you use code DNVR on top of that because in addition, you're going to get another 10% or excuse me, $10 off your first three months. So it's only $15 now per month to start with Evaca TV, evaca.tv slash DNVR. Let's freaking go. Let's watch those Rockies. Susie, I know you wanted to talk about this, especially because we do have a poll right now on our Twitter account at DNVR underscore Rockies where I, I guess we're letting people decide what I what I do today before the game. Like, I don't have much time, and I, I know where I might want to go, but we've, we've got this poll out there, and so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But I want to know for you, what are, what are some of your favorite spots in San Francisco that are you always, if you're around or if you would like to, or maybe you missed out on it, and, you know, next time you're, you're down by the bay, you're going to go to this spot. Yeah, um, so I was just in San Francisco at the you know in August of last season. Um, had a great time. Uh, I was on my road trip, but my family flew out to San Francisco because they wanted to join in at one of the the ballparks they wanted to see. Um, so of course, Oracle Park is awesome. The one thing I wanted to do, I wanted to get a kayak and catch um, and catch balls. But I was only there for night games, and it's cold at night. So I did not get the opportunity to do that. Uh, the schedule did not allow for it. But, um, yeah, we do have a poll up right now um, with people putting in their their input on what they think that you should, should see. And right now, Alcatraz is in the lead. I made five burner accounts to vote for a trendy coffee place, and it still has not moved the needle at all. 
It's not. It's done. It's done nothing. But you're right. Alcatraz does seem to be the one. I don't know if I can get out on a boat necessarily to get out there in time, but I can certainly get as close as I can down on on Fisherman's Wharf and uh, get a good look. Hopefully, there's there's not too much uh, fog going on there. Get a good look. Maybe talk to some of the locals. See what the, what the vibe is down there. May have to catch up with Ty Block. I know. I think he's taking a tour of Alcatraz. So. There's all that there. Come on, come on, trendy coffee people. Get get those votes. Yeah, in there's now. absolutely there's absolutely no love for the Coit Tower whatsoever. Um, I think it got like one vote maybe. Um, so that's something to note. Um, I did have some fantastic Chinese food when I was in San Francisco. It was one of the best meals of my life. That was gonna be the next question. The food, like I. I guess San Francisco has a pretty good reputation as far as food goes because there's a lot of really good cultures. I mean, anytime you're you're by the water, you, there's a lot more of selection, obviously, that you can tap into. But yeah, you got Chinese food, the Italian food, you know, big, big, uh, you know, Italian environment here in the area. I, I did have uh, an Italian meal already. It was great. I did not realize that maybe I think this is just an Italian culture thing. I'm not sure. But anchovies on the Caesar salad. I guess that's kind of common. Anchovy right? is in Caesar salad dressing. Yes. I think my mom told me that. I did not realize that that was the case. But no, I had full-on strips of anchovies. I go, oh, what is this, like prosciutto? I had left, gone to the bathroom, came back. The tray was there. The plate was there. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. Maybe there's a little, uh, this is prosciutto, you know, gabagol. What are we talking about? And then I taste it. I'm like, this is really salty. Oh, it's anchovies? All right. I'm going to eat it. When in Rome. They didn't I, do that. <clears throat> the Jersey uh, Italians don't do that. Probably, probably, but I think they know most like, you know, bland Americans don't really do that. So they, they probably don't include that at all. Really just the authentic places. We, we did go to a pretty authentic place uh, in the Italian uh, neighborhood, uh, right down the street from Joe DiMaggio park in North beach. So that nice. was, uh, that was pretty neat on Sunday, but yeah, ball, a ball went into the water on Sunday in McCovey Cove. We'll kind of wait to see what happened. I know you set the line there on on Sunday's show to see if it would go down. It's going to have to be a left-hander. I mean, it's Ryan McMahon. Let's go. Let's see if Ryan McMahon can put one in the bay. I, uh, I'm i sure there's been a couple Rockies who've done it, but it, it's actually pretty rare. I think they have a counter out in right field. Again, I'm going to have to explore all of that and more, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's actually fairly hard to get one out there. Uh, but that would be certainly nice. Uh, Nice to do, but the Chinese food right in Chinatown. We have to see about grabbing one of those meals. Sushi, I guess. I'm guessing sushi's got to be pretty good here too. Yeah, I had some great sushi out there too. Actually, years ago, there used to be a sushi restaurant in San Francisco called Sushi Hunter. So it sounds a lot like Susie Hunter. Um, So I had a couple of friends who had gone to San Francisco and actually like came across it and took a picture, and they were like, um. Did you see this? So I never got to go to it. They closed down. They went out of business before I could go visit. But I was like, that's my name. That's my sushi restaurant. Um, I just get such a kick out of that. Wow. That, yeah, permanently closed. I'm seeing it. It actually, I I walked by it yesterday, I think, and, and did not realize it. I literally walked by it yesterday, seeing this on a map, literally walked by it yesterday. That is so funny. Yeah, you'll have to walk by it again and let me know if there's a sign that's still out there. And then if you see the sign, steal the it sign. It is. No, it's there. Like, looking at the sign now, I'm like, I saw that yesterday. 
but I didn't, I didn't like read it or say it out loud. Patrick, I, go get it. <laughs> go get it. I, the sign's legit still there in North Beach. Holy smokes. I did not. That's Is that uh, wow. so funny. <laughs> what a quinky dink. What a quinky dink. Yeah, Joshua, great question here. Uh, it was discussed a little bit on Sunday. The reason for Marquez's struggles here in the early season. We also broke it down, I believe, at some point last week. I mean, that's the name of the episode. You can watch that live on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube, as well as podcast format, wherever you listen to it. What's the issue with Herman Marquez? Caught up with Marquez himself, Bud Black, Elias Diaz, where we talked about some of those things that are not going right. And Bud Black said, you know, maybe a little bit can be focused. He seemed a little bit more focused. On Sunday afternoon, though, that error, which in a weird way helped him out statistically, gave up four runs, only three were earned. Well, one of those unearned runs had to do with his pickoff, but he did pick off two other guys. So, you know, it's it's been somewhat of the focus. The Rockies have challenged Herman Marquez. They didn't allow him to be the opening day starter, even though I think we all know he is the most talented and he has the highest ceiling. But we don't know where that ceiling is just yet. And he's going to have to find it. And that's going to involve some focus, a little tinkering. He's talked about his mechanics. And so he's going to get more opportunities. There's nobody better right now in minor leagues than Herman Marquez. He has nothing to, to necessarily learn down in AAA, uh, but he may have a couple things that he needs to slow down and work on. And so I, I think we're still a ways away from sending him down to the minors like they you know, did with, with Kyle Freeland, but it, there's a chance. there. there it, it's on the board. It might be a long shot, but it's actually on the board. Something like that could possibly happen with Herman here in the near future if things continue to go lackluster, to use a word. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. Bud Black said he mentioned focus, that Herman doesn't see him as focused as maybe he has been in the past. Elias Diaz, on the other hand, said it was confidence. So either way, there's mental stuff happening up there that needs to get sorted out. Josh, thanks for the question. Again, if you want to get in on these, we're uh, we're going again live at noon on Tuesday. There'll be a post-game show on Wednesday. Pretty soon after the final out, whenever the Rockies are on the road, boom, you're going to get one of those quick shows when they're at home. Usually just about an hour, hour and a half after the final out. So get all of those questions in. Uh, even before we get started with the show, get those bad boys going. All right, we've got our takes. We've got some hot takes here on some styles actually we we didn't we didn't talk about something about the rockies because we did have more rockies notes there's a couple stylistic things randall oh. Gritchick's new glasses yes randall Gritchick's I, new shades you like those i love that Gritchick is a glasses guy now so he had lasik surgery i think about 10 years ago maybe longer ago um, and it's not unusual for your vision to regress a little bit years and years after you get that done. Um, so he's noticed some difference with his eyesight over the past couple of years. So finally, recently, he pulled the trigger. He tried contacts at the beginning of the season and felt like it was affecting his depth perception. So when they got to Arizona, that's where his eye doctor is picked up his fresh new glasses. I'm excited about it. And also as a sometimes glasses girl, mostly contacts wearer, I'm like, yeah, contacts, I feel like dry out in your eyeballs so much faster in Denver at altitude in this air. So um, I'm excited to see Four Eyes Gritchick up here. I'm very excited. 
Yeah, Gritchick's got a new groove. That's that's fantastic. I, I love seeing that. Gritchick's new groove. And and I mean, he was hitting over three hundred before this, so now it'll be interesting. But then again, if we know anything about baseball, and if we've if we've done our homework and we've watched the documentary called Major League Two, when you get new glasses, or rather, when you you try to get away from what what works for you, you know, sometimes there's an adjustment period. So we'll kind of wait and see. With that, uh, we also know, and this ties in well with our topic, the Rockies. We we again we mentioned this only a couple of days ago. The Rockies record wearing the purple jerseys, wearing the whites, the home whites with the pinstripes, the gray road jerseys. And we said, you know, they uh, they haven't been wearing the black vests. And, you know, John Gray enjoyed the black vest from time to time. Chad Bettis, uh, almost every start, he was a black vest guy. Uh, I think we even saw it out of uh, Herman Marquez on occasion. He hasn't gotten into a groove, so, you know, maybe he's avoiding that. And as it turns out, Rockies have quite specifically removed it for the uh, from their wardrobe because the Rockies will be getting their very own City Connect jersey in, looks down at his watch, a, like two, three weeks. The game yeah, is June is- 3rd against Atlanta is when the game is, but usually they release this a week or so in advance. So we are T-minus two and a half weeks away from actually getting a chance to see these new Nike City Connect jerseys for the Rockies. I know. I can't wait. We saw the leaked socks, uh, which is it sounds like a terrible phrase. Leaked socks. Uh, we got, saw some leaky socks. Look at those. See, I love the green. And I love the purple. Um, I, I'm excited to see the rest of this uniform. Um, what are we waiting for? Let's see the rest of it. Yeah, those socks look fantastic. Another reason why you got to make sure you're watching our live version on YouTube or even after we record it on the DMVR Sports channel on YouTube. But yeah, those jerseys or those socks look amazing. And yeah, there's green in the socks. And by all accounts, to a man, all the sources I've tapped into, they say expect green in the jersey. Does it say mile high across? Maybe. Maybe. Is it is it all green, you know, with, with purple and white in there? Don't know, but there definitely will be some green in there. And, I mean, if you go as extreme as we've seen the Red Sox, the Red Sox City Connect jerseys, which we'll get to here in a moment, they don't have their, you know, traditional red and navy. So, let's see. It it, it will very much be exciting. Well, we've got our lists of favorite City Connect jerseys as well as least favorite City Connect jerseys. Uh, we also have our list of favorite dental groups, and, and at the top of that list, of course, is Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, they take amazing care of all of our DNVR members over the years, especially those who've made the permanent switch. Allie has done it. She had to get her molars taken out, or wisdom teeth taken out, and they you know, did an amazing job checking in on her. Uh, Rockies are off to a great start. Joe Gitch back-to-back MVPs. Avs are doing great. So you're smiling a lot more in the world. It's getting it's warmer. It's summer now here in May. It's it's great. So you know what? You're smiling more. You want it to be a pearly white smile. This is where Green Mountain Dental Group comes in. Best part is right now when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, you're actually going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Susie, let's get the let's get the shade, let's get the hate out of the way. What jersey, very fitting, very fitting today. What is your least favorite City Connect jersey? All right, my least favorite City Connect jersey has to be 
the San Francisco Giants, or I guess the Golden Gate Giants. Um, I am just not a fan of this, like, almost neon orange with, I just, like, I, I don't like it. I think they look cheap. Um, just don't love the color scheme. Um, yeah, not, not my favorite color combo. I'm trying to think if I would like this better if it was black and this ridiculous orange, but I don't, I don't know, Patrick, what do you think? Cause I know this isn't your least favorite Jersey. <laughs> well, what's funny is on our list of our top three favorites and then our, our, each of our least favorites, there's no crossover. Like There's we, we absolutely no crossover whatsoever. It's strange. And so we, we don't even have the Marlins on the list, which that that's been rated very highly by a couple people. Uh, we don't have the Dodgers on there. A little spoiler alert. And yeah, I, I, I've kind of created nicknames for all of these jerseys. I, I've seen some of the nicknames and not. And so I'm like, I think each jersey has their own nickname. So yeah, Golden Gate Giants makes sense because that, that shade of like orange is the the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, and then on the bottom of the G in the jersey is is like some fog coming up. So, I I found that every jersey that I like when they released in in the images, when I see it on the field, I really don't like it as much. And it's almost the exact opposite where the ones that I haven't liked in the image, when I see it on the field, I end up liking it. So, that's that's just kind of strange a little bit. Also, want to point out too, Angels. They're gonna getting a City Connect jersey, so that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Do they incorporate Shohei Otani and they they pick his brain when they did that? You know, hey, hey, what's a logo that looks good on him? That's the only thing we care about. That's coming June 11th. Well, that's when they're wearing it. Should mm -hmm. be coming probably in and around when the Rockies wear theirs on June 4th. Uh, Brewers are getting one at the end of June, and then the Padres get one. On July 8th is when they'll first wear those. So we still have four more City Connect. We'll have to, of course, go through this. Maybe we'll change our minds at the end of the season. But my least favorite, the what I'm calling the Wrigleyville Cubbies. Now, the image, you know, as a, as a uniform, I think I like it. But there was a picture that came out from the game where Jock Peterson was wearing the, the Wrigleyville, jer Wrigleyville jersey. But the helmet was the regular Cubs helmet and the, the Navy, the blue in it was different in both, right? Because this one is a Navy, whereas Cubs is more of like a royal blue. And so mm -hmm. they kind of clashed with one another and they, they need to sync up. You need to get a proper batting helmet to go with the, the jersey to make it go. So I just, I, I don't know that it was executed well. I like the concept. I do like the Navy and the light blue. We're going to see that again on my list of favorites, but uh, had to put that one as my least favorite one. Interesting reasoning. Yeah, these jerseys don't necessarily bother me. They don't excite me. I'm pretty neutral on them, like, all together. But when you mention the helmet not matching, like, you've just got too many shades of blue going on. You've already got two. You can't have a third. It's too much. Uh, but I do like celebrating Wrigleyville because Wrigleyville is a, a fantastic neighborhood. I had a lot of fun there. It will be interesting to see if this is something that continues whereby we get more of these City Connect. Like if, you know, after a couple of years and, and, and all 30 teams have one, they go back and then they, they readjust, recalculate a little bit because you got to think that there's there's a lot to play with there for the Wrigleyville one. Uh, and that could work. All right. Uh, you went first for your least favorite. I'm going to go first for my 
top three. And man, my number one is definitely my number one. But as time goes by, I could see my number two and number three falling off my list. Number three, I've got the Diamondbacks Serpientes. Los Serpientes, the sand-colored ones. Number two, the new Kansas City Royals jerseys. Call them the KC Fountains. And then number one, the the pajamas, the reverse prison uniforms, Southside Shy Sox, the Chicago White Sox. That's my one, two, and three. I mean, the White Sox one is just amazing. It's it's fantastic. The the Serpientes. I love the the sand color in there. That looks you know really great. And you know the new the new Royals ones look good. They didn't go with the navy pants. They went with the white pants. So I think that plays up. Uh, and I just love again once you realize that oh those are water fountains the K and the C that that font oof I think that's that's really good and that's the newest one that we've seen so far what yeah, how did I do what do you think Susie you know what um I don't think you did bad at all um I love <laughs> the White Sox City Connect jerseys I think those guys look great in those jerseys I love the black um I just I get I absolutely think you nailed it with that top choice um i i'm neutral on los serpientes i like that you know we've gone we've stuck with d-backs or we stuck with you know the snake theme but you know we're doing something in spanish it's very reminiscent of the um copa that the um copa de la Fun cup. There it is. Yeah. I'm like, I don't remember the rest of the words. I am terrible with Spanish. Um, uh, yeah. And I was, I've been kind of neutral on the Kansas city ones too, but like the more I've like thought about the fountain and the font and all that, I'm like, all right, it's, it's growing on me. But other than that, it is a little dull to me, but sure. th- a good job overall. I don't have any strong disagreements there. It's interesting. Cause the white Sox won. Uh, is extreme and I think that grabs your eye right away. Whereas KC, you're like, all right, it's navy, light blue, but the details are kind of what pumps it up. And I think we're going to see those details on your list of favorites because you go, wait a minute, that looks similar maybe to the regular uniform, but the details, the devil's in those bad boys. So mm-hmm. go ahead. I think we're ready to unveil your top three. Here we go. All right. So my my number three, the Space City. Astros. I love these jerseys. Um, I love the retro feel. I love the font. I love the coloring. Uh, my number two are Boston's City Connect jerseys and that marathon tie into it. And my number one, my favorite City Connect jersey, um, the cherry blossoms that the Nats are doing. Um, I think these, oh yeah, here we go. All right. If you're watching the video, you see it here, but yeah, I love, I just absolutely love the retro feel to the Astro City Connect jersey. I love that coloring. Um, I almost wish they went a little more extreme, like with those jerseys they had many years ago that were so colorful. Um, yeah. Like, I just love that. Uh, but I just, I think these are so cool. And I know you, Patrick, seem to take issue with my choice of Boston, and I don't want you to air that grievance. All right, well... To be fair, initially, I think Boston may have been like the first one. Maybe they were. Do you do you remember the details? Maybe they released like two or three right away from the get go. And if not, maybe Boston was the first one. Boston actually may have been the first one, and if not, it was very early on. But I'm, if my gut is speaking to me correctly, it might have been the first one. And I know it got a lot of attention on social media. 
Yeah, and so I'm thinking City Connect is just, hey, give give me give me what I'm used to, but better or different. And it was like, no, totally. So now that you see everything, you go, okay, some teams kept the same colors. Other teams kind of went away. It's just, it's so extreme. It's just not Red Sox. It's just, it's a whole other thing. But over time and seeing the other city connects and going, all right, well, Wrigleyville, hey, you're just, you're Navy instead of like a Royal Blue. It just says Wrigleyville on it. Eh, I, I'm willing to kind of, go back a little bit, take a couple steps back. It's still different. It's still a little bit extreme, but I think it plays well on television. That's the other piece too, is that's where you, you look at the Washington Nationals ones, right? I, I, what mm-hmm. I forget I, what I called those, the DC cherry blossoms. You know what I mean? The those are WSH cherry blossoms. We'll get to that in a second, but continue your thought. That's my, it's my nickname. But when I first saw that, that was almost like a perfect uniform. Then I saw yeah. it on television, and it's just muted. It just looks like an away uniform. So it's almost mm-hmm. like that. Jer- the my favorite jerseys are the ones you go, oh yeah, I'm gonna wear that out to the club. You can tell, <laughs> you can tell. A, I don't have a lot of style, and B, I don't go to the club. But boom, it looks great there. But then on the field, not as good. So I certainly wouldn't wear a Red Sox thing just ever in general. Uh, but on the field, it looks really good. Again, obviously love, love all the Boston Marathon stuff as a runner myself. That's pretty cool. So that has grown on me. And I think, again, once you get the full picture, once we get all 30 teams, that could change. You know, a, a team that right now might be, you know, 10th on our depth list, right, on our depth chart of, of favorites could end up staying 10 based on the next 20 uh, that get going. So yeah. uh, appreciate that, Spence, uh, with the big shout out. Nice. Hey, um, I will say, so I think the Boston Marathon, Boston City Connect um, jerseys are the most extreme ones out of any of the teams thus far. I don't necessarily like that color scheme. I think it's a little too neon. And I don't think that shade of yellow is doing Trevor Story any favors. That's not a flattering color for him. Have, have you heard um, some things about that? Have, have you heard, is there some gossip maybe? But We'll get to that in a second. No, no, there's no <laughs> gossip on Trevor's story. That hasn't already been hashed out. <laughs> um, but I do love, so I don't love the color scheme itself. Um, I do love the meaning behind it because I uh, worked in Boston um, at a Fenway sports bar for many years. So I've been around for the Boston Marathon and Marathon Monday is just one of the most fun days in Boston. Um, And then, of course, that day took on a whole new meeting after the Boston Marathon bombings. So I love that um, that can be celebrated um, and honored in those jerseys. So that's why I like them. I like the meeting behind it. Um, and I think the least extreme Jersey is probably the cherry blossom Nats Jersey. My one grievance with this is the W S H because that is not an abbreviation that is used anywhere for Washington DC nowhere. So I don't get that, but I think the cherry blossoms are beautiful. The hats are fire. So I like those jerseys a lot. Yeah. Um, Susie, you might not know this. You, We talked about this just before the show went off. We were going to go ahead and launch there in the capital, the nation's capital. We're going to be called WSH. We're partnering with Nike and MLB. You know, we don't like vowels. We were going to get a branch going. Uh, and I think, you know, there, there, that was, those were our softball uniforms. And ultimately when we pulled the plug, we did not launch a, uh, a DNVR all city media 
in Washington, D.C. I think MLB decided, hey, you know what, Nike, don't throw those out. Don't throw out those softball unis. We'll go ahead. So uh, that's not the true story at all. But you know what? We'll, we'll pretend. Appreciate it, Carney. Yeah, the, the, the Miami ones are resoundedly a favorite. I'd like to see them more. Again, it's also this thing for me, as you mentioned, Susie, you go, you think of a team, you think of what they look like, and then when you see them look totally different, you're like, whoa, this is just a crazy uniform. So it's almost hard to gauge it. Uh, but I do like the you know, the nod to the Havana Sugar Kings uh, from down in Cuba, which was a, a professional franchise there. So you, you like that tie-in for uh, Miami, the Southern Florida Sugar Kings, uh, as I kind of uh, called them there. So, yeah, the Miami ones are pretty crisp. And you know what? Over time, I think these could change because they're so all over the place. And I did want to point out, too, that the Houston ones, they've got all kinds of details. They've got numbers on the upper part of the thigh. So, like, just under the belt, there's the players' numbers on those. Uh, the different gradients on the on the piping is fantastic. So, I think that's one where you could see almost a reverse of an all-orange uniform with maybe navy piping and stuff. And so, uh, it, it, it's exciting. I'm, I'm glad, you know, Nike has gone in there and done that. I know some people are tired of the swoosh being on there, but... Um, there's, there's worse things to be, uh, gossiping about and worse things to be talking about because I, I feel like, you know, and, and we're going to get a graphic by the way, we, let's just workshop this out on the air since we've got you here, uh, producing it. He's going to have to make it. We're, we're, we're going to do a new segment here called the gossip. What should the graphic look like? I've got an idea. Does anything jump out to you, Susie, for the graphic? We'll have people imagine like it too. We need to get like the cartoon versions of ourselves and like we're on the phone and there's like a big squiggly phone cord. Um, that's what's speaking to me. I actually um, was, I was at a thrift store a couple of weeks ago because I knew we wanted to do this segment at some point. I was like, I need to find some like big old phones that we can use for when we do this in the studio. Uh, Cause you know, I love a prop. Uh, so that's what I'm picturing. What are you picturing? All right, so we're going to use that. Definitely using the phones and the cords. And maybe, maybe, can we, is there a telephone cord font? So that's the gossip. It's right. It's, it's a telephone <laughs> cord, the G O S S I P. I got you in curlers. You got to have curlers up in your hair. I and do for me, wear curlers in my hair in real life. <laughs> and for me, I want a towel wrap. I want a towel wrap on my head for the hair, the gossip. Let's do this. All right, you're here. You got we your gotta get form. Eric to draw. We're gonna. He's gonna have to draw that probably. <laughs> yeah, we need to make it more more detailed. Sure. Yeah, we'll 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 see if they can throw some other thing. I was gonna have me like with like a pencil on my teeth, you know. But I think the 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 towel up, the curlers, that's gonna get it done. What's maybe maybe tell people the genesis of it. If not, we'll jump into it. The floor is yours, Susie. Just let's let's rock. So, yeah, the basically the premise of this, I'm going to tell Patrick a few pieces of gossip that I've heard around and he's going to tell me if he's buying it or if he's going to call BS on it. Um, So this kind of started. um, We were like bouncing around segment ideas. Whenever I call my mom, I always update her on what's happening in the world of baseball. Um, Very much against her will. She's not a baseball fan like that. Uh, But I try to make it interesting for her and I I call it the gossip. Um, So we kind of liked the name of that. So I'm going to give Patrick a couple of things that are going on. He's going to tell me if they're really going on, they're not going on, or maybe if there's a little bit of truth to it, which really is what all the best gossip is. Are you ready, Patrick? 
I'm I'm ready to see if we can suss this bad boy out. Let's go. Mm, suss this bad boy out. Let's go. Okay, so Cincinnati, we know that they're in full anarchy mode. They may have gone too far because the fans have been talking about doing something kind of gross and definitely illegal at the ballpark. Now, have you heard about this? Um, have you heard any rumblings about something that fans might have talked about doing? No, I haven't. Oh we, know they already, we know they bought a plane, uh, as it were. <laughs> um, we know they bought a couple paper bags. Um, but no, and they're doing something yeah. gross. Oh, okay. I'm already I'm thinking there might not be truth to this one, but let, 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 let's go. Right. Throw some tomatoes at the in the players' parking lot. I don't gross. Oh huh? no! Oh no! Okay, so you know, lately we have seen fans showing up in sharpie T-shirts that say "Sell the Team, Bob." There were a bunch of bros who were shirtless at the game who had letters painted on their torsos that said "Sell the Team, Bob." But on Reddit, a fan posted that he was planning on defecating in the Toyota Tundra on display at the Great American Ballpark um, and invited people to join him. So that was planned for the May 6th game against Pittsburgh um, that they were going to meet at the stack and they were going to climb up and they were going to do some business in the back of a Toyota Tundra. Um, uh, so uh, do you think this is true? Do you think this is false? How do you think this played out? Wow. I guess I, I guess I would want to know, A, was there a sign-up sheet? B, how many people signed up that he invited? C, were they going at the same time? Were they going in shifts? I do have a lot of questions. You may not have answers to it, but I, I, I did hear something like that uh, did happen. Uh, there, I think there's a Toyota Tundra, at least one at Coors Field too. So uh, thankfully the Rockies at 16 and 12, we don't have that. But uh, I, I could see the fact that you said Reddit. I mean, it all go. Yeah. I, I'm going to say it's legit. I'm going to say this gossip is legit. This was a real, okay. Yes. There, yes. And no, there was a real plan on Reddit for this. Someone really posed this question and invited people to join them. Um, but, um, this did not play out. God intervened. That game got rained out. So that May 6th game didn't happen. So we'll never know if this was really going to play out. Uh, but yeah, basically, Mother Nature was like, no, 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 you are going too far. This is too much. So, I don't know how I want to phrase this. So basically, Mother Nature stepped in and says, oh, you're you're want to do you want to take a crap? Well, I'm going to piss on you. And there was no game. Wow. How perfect is there that? There you go. There you go. I mean, after all of the billboards and the sky writing, maybe fans are starting to run out of ideas. Maybe they're running out of money. They're running out of their trolling budget. Or maybe they're saving up to buy the team. But that's the gossip in Cincinnati. <laughs> wow. All right. A toilet paper giveaway night is coming up soon, I'm thinking, at Great American Ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> no. Red's brand new TP. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to move on to our next order of business. So, a Giants fan at a Giants Dodgers game snags an almost stolen home run, and then that home run ball gets stolen from him. Any truth to this rumor? Wow. I mean, that seems feasible, but. 
Wow. Okay, that's interesting. We already know in Toronto, uh, they're giving base, they're giving home run baseballs away. So that's that's what's going on up there north of the border, south of south here in America, stealing things. I, I could see that happening, but unless it was like Barry Bonds's, you know, home run, unless, unless you're digging through the archives, right? Because we know there were those scrums. You remember those all those videos when Bonds would hit a home run? And it would just be a swarm of people trying to get it because it's like this is essentially a million dollars and you're getting scratched and there were all kinds of lawsuits. But does that still happen today? I'm going to say, as I'm going to hope for, I'm, I'm going to bet on humanity and say, no, no one, no one stole this baseball, which is ultimately meaningless. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to hope. I'm going to hope no. I'm going to say okay, it's so there is some truth to this. There's oh, a lot of truth really? to this, actually. So in this most recent Do Giants-Dodgers series, a Giants fan caught a Mookie Betts home run um, and then lost the ball afterwards. So the way it all panned out, this uh, Giants fan caught a Mookie Betts home run, and it kind of looked like he might have prevented Yastrzemski from robbing the home run. Um, and the guy who caught it actually said, like, oh, I could feel his glove on my stomach. Like, that's how – but the ball was really high up, so I don't think he actually did. But in that moment, he kind of started freaking out because he was like, I just stole a home run that I would have liked to have been stolen from my opposing team. So he's actually afterwards – he was stressed. He, uh, a Dodgers fan hugged him actually to comfort him. But in that moment of frustration, he threw his glove down on the ground. The ball rolled out of it. And then a Dodgers fan took it. So then he saw who took wow. it. The Dodgers fan refused to give it back to him. So he had a home run. He caught a home run. It rolled away from him after throwing his glove on the ground in frustration. Um, I feel like that's a theft. Um, a Dodgers fan stole the ball from him and wouldn't give it back. No honor amongst thieves. I mean, you steal from a thief. That's it. I also think we need to have already, already spin off game from this one out of context where you just say something, a line that, that was quoted from a player or a fan. You got to figure out what the hell is going on with that. Quote unquote, I felt his glove on my belly. Like I want <laughs> you tell me that I got to go. All right, how is this happening? All right, is the guy getting picked off? Like, what's what's going on? Um, uh, wow, that's Patrick, a wild story. We do have a game like that called Say What. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That's perfect. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm glad there there were no fisticuffs that went down on that. So that's, that's there possible. were no fisticuffs, but he was very frustrated. Um, there was a social media video posted by that guy who caught the ball, and he was just like. Uh, hopefully I catch another home run someday. <laughs> wow. Super frustrating. All right. Are you ready for another piece of gossip, Patrick? So far, I mean, you're telling me the truth here. So I, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be hesitant to call BS on any of these. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Patrick, did you hear the Braves are giving minor leaguers World Series rings? Oh, uh... All right, you're 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 trolling me here. I, I that that sounds that sounds good. I mean, first off, they should give uh, World Series rings to everyone who was in the organization last year to kind of contribute to that. You say, well, if you didn't go to the major league camp in spring training, how did you contribute? Well, maybe you had a minor leaguer on your team that you helped out, who then 
made it to the majors, or you were probably teammates with one of those guys that Atlanta traded away to get Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, you name it. So you know what? You contributed in some way. I hope that this is also true. Okay, so yeah, kind of. Not really. So last week in Rochester, which is, by the way, not a Braves affiliate, a um, Nationals affiliate, at the Red Wings game, relief pitcher Carl Edwards Jr. got his 2021 World Series ring. Um, he got one out for the Braves last season and got a ring for it. And they gave it to him. Why and why in Rochester? Were they? Oh, is so he with Gwinnett why. right now? So here's why. Um, so last year for this one out, he came up for one game. He gave up three runs. He got one out. He was DFA'd the next day. Um, so now he is with the Nationals organization. Um, but the Braves still made a point to make sure he got his ring. And he didn't even need to buy a $25,000 burger at Truist Park to get it. Jeez, I'm guessing they were probably playing the uh, Gwinnett Stripers and that. And and Rochester maybe wasn't coming down to Gwinnett. And also, sometimes when you're one of those AAA players who has big league experience, you never know where you're going to be on one day to the next. So mm -hmm. they were like, all right, hey, Rochester's home for six days. We're going to ship it up to you, and hopefully you get it by Sunday. We'll do a quick little thing, and then we're going to wipe our hands of it. So. Yeah. Oh, that's well, this nice. is also I his like second that. World Series ring. He was part of the Cubs team that – won the World Series, but right. he got his ring at a minor league baseball game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was on that 2016 club. Uh, nice little little fireballer. I think they got him in a trade from the Texas Rangers. Obscure information. That's so unimportant. But yeah. Speaking all right. of the rings. Rangers, speaking of the Rangers, I have another piece of gossip for you, Patrick. Are you ready for it? Let's go. Here's a rumor I heard. John Gray is pitching at a Little League stadium this week. Ooh, okay. This makes no sense, but maybe there is some truth to it. Well, the uh, Little League Classic isn't until August. So, okay, that, it's not happening this week. Were there any of MLB's 30 ballparks used for any as like a Little League facility? I don't think so because Little League, uh, they don't have uh, 90 foot base paths, so you can't kind of retrofit a stadium. I, I'm gonna have to call BS on this one. Um, yes and no. So no, <laughs> but according to the Rangers, yes. Here's why. Maybe okay. you've heard. Well, first of all, uh, John Gray has come off the IL. I've heard of him. He's making I have heard second, of him. He's making his second start um, since coming off the IL. But over the weekend with the Rangers at Yankee Stadium, um, Glaber Torres hit a walk-off home run. And afterwards, Rangers manager Chris Woodward took a jab at that walk-off home run and called Yankee Stadium a, a little league ballpark. Um, so that, of course, has just taken on a life of its own. But he said it was just such a small ballpark, and that's an easy out in 99% of ballparks. So I mentioned the comment took off. Aaron Boone had something to say about this. He said his math is wrong. 99% is impossible because there's only 30 ballparks. So, of course, um, Woodward backpedaled on these comments a little bit. He was like, listen, it was a joke. 
Yankee Stadium is a cathedral, uh, but it's really just taken off. Michael Kay actually tweeted a selfie on Monday at Yankee Stadium with the caption, what a day here in Williamsport. Um, so Yankee Stadium, our new favorite Little League ballpark. I, I had not heard uh, all those details. I did see that Chris Woodward had said that. I take more offense that he called Yankee Stadium a cathedral because it's not. It's not. The, the previous one was a cathedral. This one is, I don't know. It's 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 if baseball was inside of a Walmart. I mean, you can get everything there. It's great. It's nice. It's evocative of, evocative TV. No, it's, it's, it evokes the old Yankee Stadium. But, and yes, some of the ghosts maybe did come across the street, but. They're, they're no, they're they're back where the park is at. That's where the original Yankee Stadium is. That was the cathedral. So I have to take more offense to that. But yeah, would it dong in Yankee Stadium three fourteen down the line? Yeah, a lot. One out of one out of thirty. Not exactly ninety nine percent, but close. Uh, I don't. I can't do the math off my head right now. No, you know what? No one's asking anyone to do math here because it was a joke and it didn't matter. Um, 96.7%. That's the number. That's Let's crunch it. 96.7%, I think. I don't know. No, it's got to be lower. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a math person and I don't plan on it. Okay, Patrick, I have one more little <laughs> rumor. I heard Brendan Vote is co-hosting the podcast again this week. True or false? That's not funny. Oh, wait, no, he is. Okay. You got me scared. You got me nervous. I, I thought I was pulling up the United app. Did my flight get canceled? Are you guys stranding me here? Maybe we're launching. So I haven't heard anything about launching in San Francisco. So until that happens, I need, I still need this gig. Yeah, that's, that's going to be true. I, I, I hope so. I'm looking forward to that. Another Brennan vote uh, edition of the DNVR Rockies postgame show. I know you'll be there for that. I'll be calling in. I'll still be down at the stadium before my flight. And after game three, hopefully we get some good insight. I know we will from, from Bud Black and, and Chad Cool that day's starter. We'll see how cool he really is, you know, down by the bay with the seagulls buzzing around. Uh, cool breeze. It's been nice here so far. The sun is actually out, believe it or not. So it's been very comfortable. Um, yeah, Brendan Vogt's also having a great week with Jokic winning MVP. So I'm wondering, what do you think the over-under is on how many times that comes up in a Rockies podcast? I'm going to say none because he does a really good job of not like shoehorning in where he's from. I mean, he kind of will reference like, uh, there are people who know on the nugget side, but that's it. He just kind of, he just touches on, he's a, he's a true professional in that way. Uh, unless we, unless we goad him into kind of doing that. And then after he does it two or three times, we say, Oh man, come on, quit, quit bringing that up. And if we set him up for, for that, I, I think he'll take the bait. We may have yeah. To. But he, he hasn't really yet, so um, I respect him for that. Ultimate utility guy. He's a pro. He's great. He's great. Spencer was fantastic, too. I recommend you guys go back in. Because you did a, you had a really fun game there in the final segment, the Stonk Report. So uh, I thought that was great. That's that's a little bit timeless. You know, even a day or two out, depending on when you're listening to this, go back and listen to Sunday's show uh, mm -hmm. on the DMVR Sports Channel on YouTube. That was uh, absolutely fantastic. We'll do We'll do this again on Tuesday at noon. So it's going to be great. Noon, your time. My time. Yeah, you're in a different time zone. It's just I can't it's wrap 6 my head around here. time zone. It's 6 a.m. here. It's crazy. Uh, but you know what? You get up. You got to do what you got to do. You got to keep the momentum going. Follow us on Twitter. 
No, not yet. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. And this is great. We'll do it again, as I said, at noon on Tuesday. Also, post-game show on Wednesday. We'll have our guy Drew Goodman on on Thursday. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you know, 5 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday. Boom. You're getting this wonderful content. So we're going to do our best keep the momentum going but you know what they say about momentum it's only as good as tomorrow's podcast so we'll talk to you then